Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Deepo Data Channel podcast. I'm your host Deepak and with me we have Sophia Yam. Sophia is a senior data scientist and developer educator at Anaconda where she works to empower and support the data science community. With a deep passion for open source development and uh, the Python programming language, Sophia has made significant contributions to a variety of Python libraries and serves on the steering committee of the Holovis project. In this podcast, we'll dive into Sophia's experience as a developer and advocate and exploring her insights into the world of data science and open source development. It's a pleasure to have you here today, Sophia, and uh, thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you so much for having me. Great. So I have a couple of questions and uh, starting with this one, like probably your experience side. So like as a senior data scientist and developer advocate at Anaconda, like what inspired you to develop and contribute to so many Python source libraries? Oh, not so many, just a few. Um, yeah, at Anaconda, we have a big open source culture at our company. Uh, we actually have a big open source organization where we support Jupyter, uh, our co-founder actually was a creator of NumPy. Uh, we have people and Anaconda who created various important libraries in the Python, uh, Python data science ecosystem. So, yeah, I guess everyone is contributing to open source uh, at Anaconda. A lot of people are, so that just prompted me to do that as well. Right, great. So uh, you serve on the steering committee and code of committee of Holovis project. So like, uh, what are the unique challenges which you are facing in working in such a popular open source project? Yeah. So, yeah, I was super honored to be asked to serve on the Holovis committee. I'm not a core developer, but I love Holovis so much. I use it daily at my work. Uh, and I wrote a bunch of, a bunch of raw posts and uh, video, made several videos on all of this and also contributed to the code a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I would say the challenge is all of this is a very useful library, but not many people know about it, even though you said it's popular. Yes, it is quite popular. We have 500K downloads every month, but still, in the Python visualization and app development world, Holovis is not as popular as some of the other tools. Uh, we are a small team of developers at Anaconda. Uh, it's completely open source. So we don't have any marketing support. We don't have any uh, designing support. That's why you can see the UI somewhat is, some of the UIs is kind of outdated, but we're working on that. Um, it's just, it's, it's really hard to work, work on everything when you have such a small team. Uh, so we, we really want, um, community contributors to come join us and contribute to Holovis, uh, and demonstrate how you use Holovis. Uh, the community engagement part is key to grow an open source uh, project. Right. Right. Great. So, um. So what are some of the most exciting new developments in Anaconda notebooks? And like, obviously, like this is something every data scientist use, actually. So like, what are some of the latest advancements? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you talk about Anaconda notebooks, most people are thinking about Jupyter notebooks in Anaconda Navigator. 
uh, but we recently launched a new product, also called Anaconda Notebooks. I know the name is confusing, but it's actually Anaconda Cloud Notebooks. So we're hosting everything on the cloud. Um, it's like Google Colab with all the built-in environment. So you actually don't need to configure all the environment when you use Anaconda Notebooks. You can just click a button, uh, launch your Anaconda Notebooks, and then start coding without need to install uh, counter install or pip install all the packages. You just import pandas. It's right there. So yeah, um, Anaconda Notebooks comes with uh, 300 plus built-in libraries as you would have when you download Anaconda installers. Um, so that's really exciting because, and also it's free. Uh, if you want a higher compute uh, capability, you could upgrade, but uh, you can feel free to use it for free. The free version is actually pretty good as well. Um, and we are building a lot of different capabilities in this Anaconda Notebook cloud service. One, one of them is very exciting, also related to Holobiz, is if I build a dashboard or some visualizations in my Anaconda Notebooks, when I click the button, uh, it can deploy a dashboard to this external link I can share with people, right? If you want to have some kind of access control that I only want to publish this link to my internal company that everyone in my company can see, other people can't see it. That's also possible. We're working on it. So the, the app deployment feature is going to get released this month. Super exciting. Another very exciting feature we have is the Anaconda um, Notebook Assistant uh, service, which is like we're using large language models to help you code and help you visualize your data within our Anaconda Notebooks. So that's going to be so useful for uh, newcomers who doesn't want to code, but just like type in the words, I want to create some sort of plots and it will generate the plot and run the code for you. Um, so yeah, those are two things I am very excited about. That's 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 lovely actually. So, how well do you recommend this notebooks for in a production gear application? Yeah, so like I mentioned, the app deployment is coming this month. Um, it's you you'll just have to try it because it's still brand new. I can't speak to any big production service if you are serving lots of people. I'm not sure how that would work yet. Um, but we're actively working on that and we're launching this month. So stay tuned. Right, <laughs> right, right, great, great. So uh, so you, you are pretty active in like different platforms. Like how do you balance your time between developing these new tools and like advocating for their use and like how well you are actually like keeping up with, with yeah, all that's a great question. data science community? So I'm not a developer. So I actually, I guess, like I mentioned, I'm not a core developer of Holovis. I'm a contributor. I'm not a core developer. So what I help is um, I, I use the tool in my data science job. Uh, I'm mostly a user instead of contributor. Uh, the part I contribute is like that's relevant to my work and I'm passionate about it and I contribute whenever I can. So but development is actually not part of my responsibility. So regarding your like, there are so many activities which you are actually involved in, like one of it is a book club for data scientists and developers. So could you give some insights on how it is actually helping 
uh, sense of community building and like how you are actually like interacting with these new participants and like some of the most impactful books and discussions which you had so could you actually give us a walk through on all this stuff yeah yeah that's a great question thank you yeah so for those of you who don't know i have a data science machine learning book club we read one data science or machine learning or ai books every month and then by the end of the month we chat with the authors our book club currently we have more than a thousand members so uh and it's sponsored by o'reilly and many publications. So every month we get free ebooks, um, some free ebooks for us to read. So um, I, the reason why I started this book club is because I love reading data science book, uh, books. And sometimes I just feel like I wish I could read it with someone so we can discuss the book together kind of thing. But I'm also like super shy. I'm an introvert. I don't like to go to like the regular book clubs where you meet with someone every week in person to discuss the book so i like things async so it's like okay so how about i create this discord server where it's a place for people to chat whenever they're available uh so and then i just created the discord server call it a book club and started from there uh and i really love it because like it's like so uh casual like you just put down your thoughts whenever you read something or sometimes i put put down my uh reading notes into the chat and people find that helpful and then we can discuss different aspects of the book uh asynchronously on discord um and then by the end of the month when we finish the book so I'm super grateful all of the authors that we have asked agreed to chat with us. So we have been chatting with like nine or 10 different authors now. Uh, super grateful to have the opportunity to uh, chat with them in our book club and everyone get an opportunity to ask them questions and hear their stories about the book. It's quite amazing. Yeah. Well, what are the other questions you have? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that that was the main 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 one actually. So yeah, that's that's really lovely to hear. So uh, as a developer advocate and a data scientist, like how how are you actually staying on top of all these latest trends and advancements? Because so many things are happening, so many things are actually moving. So how are you actually staying updated? Great question. That's actually my question as well. I want to ask how other people stay on top of things. Things are just changing and moving so fast. Um, I know I have like YouTube friends who <laughs> post videos like when when the news come out, just like, how are you able to do that? Stay on top of everything. Don't you have a job? Uh, for me, I just can't. Um, yeah, I also have a YouTube channel. I post AI data science content sometimes. I try to do that uh, every weekend whenever I have time on the weekend to do it. But just like, it's just so much. Sometimes there could be like four or five different models happening in one week. It's just like, how am I supposed to try all that? And which one is important, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. How do you keep keep track of everything? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough actually, I would say. And uh, I, I try to follow YouTube videos. And I, I also uh, like, I, I also listen to your YouTube videos, like which oh, you actually you. described a lot on Langchain and other components, basically. So yeah, I really enjoy that. 
and one of the things which i face nowadays a little challenging is most of them are like even though we have open source uh, models now available in language models but the other ones are all paid services so it's little difficult to actually try everything so we have to wait for our turn to somehow procure that api so that is one challenge when it comes to the generative all these llms but other than that like okay we are free to use actually like we are free to work on or we are free to kind of experiment explore so yeah that's that's all cool but yeah like it's it's <laughs> right now it's really challenging because like it requires resource then uh, all these license so yeah like the moment we load something it's like so huge right like it's 60 gb 30 gb it's it's pretty huge in terms of size so yeah we can't really <laughs> yeah exactly if you want to train it you need a gpu if you want to do something <laughs> meaningful you need compute powers exactly and even with small gpu like even my gpus are sometimes not supporting actually so it's really kind of um, yeah <laughs> it's going in a different tangent right now but still like i i i'm glad that people are posting a lot of youtube videos people are like a lot of blogs medium articles so i really enjoy that yeah same same <laughs> yeah right so my next question so in your role at anaconda what are some of the common challenges which you are which you are seeing which data scientists and developers are facing and like what advice do you want to actually give to them challenges for data scientists hmm that's a big question i think one of the challenge is the perception people's perception of data science can be very different from what you're actually doing in your daily job like people think oh data scientists must be all working on the large language models right now just like that is not true right people are not working on that at their daily jobs our daily jobs we're looking at user metrics we're using looking at product metrics is a completely different world um so for for people who are really into getting to the door of data science just check like which part of the science you want to do like there is a i when i started at anaconda i did a lot of data engineering i code a lot of airflow um data processing pipelines reporting pipelines so yeah that could be one part of your data science job is data engineering there is also the part that's doing the ab testing right that's will need a lot of statistical knowledge of how to do experimental design how to do ab testing how do you evaluate different types of effects and how do you increase power for your experiment um and then there's some other types which is ml ops right you if you build a ml model it's not enough you need to be able to make it into production which you think you can just hand it over to a ml engineer to help you but that's not true in reality though when you build a model is better for you to be responsible for the model from the beginning to the deployment and sometimes it's necessary you don't have someone to help you so ml ops is a big domain in data science do you want to do that or do you want to just do ai research or right now prompting engineering which is not a thing in data science yet, at, at, actually uh, it's a thing in the engineering world but maybe in the future you will get into data science so there are different components of data science um people think they're getting to one thing but it might not, not be true <laughs> <laughs> what do you think true, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i i have a lot of things actually coming in my mind like so data science is so huge vast yeah so um we can't have a single expert for all of it so we specialize in very specific components 
that that makes us tricky also to actually explain because uh maybe like the perception will be like the data scientist should be knowing every single component but that's not true like maybe that person would be good at nlp and in nlp itself maybe like classic nlp modern nlp maybe generative ai or even semantic search like they have their strong points actually but uh that is one side and on the other side i've seen data scientists failing in expressing their story like in terms of what they develop and what they express because uh that's a skill which maybe most of the people are lacking nowadays like how to do the storytelling of mm. data so maybe they will be building awesome models but in terms of like how they plugging into a product maybe sometimes so i would say presentation skills are important really important which most of the people are actually lacking because whatever huge models or gigantic things we build there is no point if you are not able to express it perfectly so these are some of the challenges which i feel and maybe like as you said like perception behind data science because nowadays everyone wants to be a data science it's like it it has become such a big buzzword that okay we need to become but what really is data science which component we need to specialize what problems we are trying to solve and even uh, i switched my career from generic data science to domain centric data science because i really wanted to solve specific type of problems not all type of problems yeah so maybe that direction comes with some sort of maturity and experience or kind of uh, maybe like when we talk to more and more people see a lot of use cases see a lot of real world issues maybe that will kind of foster a sense of uh ownership in terms of how we are perceiving these kind of things in data science so i would say it's like a journey and uh, yeah so that's what i feel actually about this yeah 100% storytelling so important domain knowledge huge um yeah how do you advocate for yourself to to like present that your work is actually meaningful to the business not just to your own right. pleasure that oh i increased my accuracy rate by this much but what does it actually mean um so yeah right and even in large scale project like like uh, there is some sort of a uh, balance or like some sort of a uh, i would say it's more like we need to be so so much patient because from my experience like the project which i worked so i worked uh nearly 2 years for that on that project and starting recall rate was only 17 percentage 19 percentage 23 percentage and we were dragging and now it almost crossed 65 70 percentage and now we are at a 78 percentage mark but that's actually happened after 2 years like so when i look back maybe some of the things maybe i could have actually done it little earlier like this feature if i brought in this particular thing or this model if i actually trained it in this much time because in production in real life it's not just building a classification model because it's like in a product in a solution it will be always like a sequence of models lot of feature engineering data engineering lot of uh, change requests so it, it's it's like a very ideative thing like we need to kind of ideate a lot so having said like that patience is really important and not just for the data scientist for who whomever is actually holding that product also because uh people lose interest in data science the moment they see that okay it's not really that great or like we are not getting that <laughs> much efficiency so <laughs> maybe right. that patience is something we may have to and and that's the important of importance of storytelling and convincing the customer or the end user that okay we are there or like it's just that i need to just open the door we are just outside the door and just waiting for the signal 
because things can change in a minute of like okay we just deployed a new version of it and that may actually change the course so yeah that's that's what i actually feel about this right so uh so regarding your experience going and presenting in a lot of conferences so like how all these conferences are actually shaping your perspective in uh, kind of in this particular data science space right so um going to data science, data related conferences are actually really helpful uh first of all you uh, you're working on specific problems you might not know what is outside of your domain or outside of where specific types of models you're looking at so that's that's just a eye opening experience to see what other people are working on uh i i like to go to especially um python related conference to see okay what are the latest developments of different python packages uh like what's new in the new versions of python or pandas or Jupiter Jupiter Con is actually going on right now. I have colleagues, several colleagues presenting um talks over there right now. So, yeah, so have that knowledge of what is the latest, what is new, what other people are working on is is it's really good knowledge and also uh networking conference you make friends at conferences. I feel like when we start working, it's just so hard to make friends now. Um but then to go to conference talk to people who share the similar interests to you is is actually quite enjoyable <laughs> right right i could echo that actually like i i've seen like i've seen a lot of your posts itself <laughs> regarding like different conferences and uh, you you post pictures with a lot of folks so yeah i have actually seen that it's, it's oh, great thank you <laughs> 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 yeah right so my last question so uh, as someone who had made significant progress in like contributions towards different open source uh, projects and like packages like what advice do you give for aspiring developers and data science who are actually getting who are trying to get involved in all these open source projects to actually make some contributions so like what advice you will actually give to them yeah so i have several uh different projects holds um different events like sprints uh pandas i know pandas numpy mapplelib uh they have regular sprint sessions uh sprint is a day or a couple hours where you join the developers developers will walk you through how to contribute to a specific open source project uh and that's how you can learn the project even if you have no knowledge of how to contribute right and then that's one part go to a sprint event um if you go to any of the data science conferences the big ones they all have sprint sessions so go to those uh, second is for those big projects um each project also has a contribution guide on their documentation uh if they don't you should uh, help them create one uh so read the contribution guide to see okay exactly how do i do dev, um build up the dev development or like how which steps do i start doing to help contributing and then third is look at the github issues you know all those popular projects have millions that's probably exaggerating <laughs> a lot thousands hundreds and thousands of uh uh github issues and some of the labeled uh 
what's the what's the label? It's like a beginner friendly or like yeah, first time yeah, issues, yeah. right? Look into those issues and see if you can solve those for them. And then lastly, everyone loves contributing contributors who contribute to their documentations because developers don't have time to polish their documentations. So if you find even typos, just change one word. That's the contribution. Uh, so, so start something small. Uh, if you find some use cases, contribute that use case to the documentation. Um, yeah, start really small. Start with documentation. Start with the first easy beginner-friendly issues. Um, I think that's about it. <laughs> great, great, lovely. So yeah, so that covered all my questions, Sophia, and uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. And uh, yeah, thanks for talking. So really, thank you really so much. To, actually, yeah, thanks.